Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the worship services of Grace United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We also sent out, sent out a special good morning to those of us, those of you who have joined us online. Uh, we know we have a very strong presence online, and we are very, uh, very thankful for you joining us. We, we offer ourselves to you if you're ever in town and you'd like to stop by. We're here at 410 Harvestson Boulevard. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and we welcome all who come to praise the risen Christ. Come and join us. We have a number of things that I need to report on from last week and a couple of things coming up this week. We have a wonderful, wonderful collection from the Grace. Grace does it every time. You know, I, we ask for a dollar from every family and, and, and non-perishable food items to be donated for Super Bowl. And we must have had a, close to 300 people in service last week because we had around $300 donated. We did pick the wrong team. We, we, the, most of the money went towards the, the 49ers. But I heard somebody say they were supposed to win anyway, but they just they blew it. So <laughs> uh, thank you very, very much for all of the monetary donations. And we were able to take the food donations and split them between sharing God's love and the blessings box. And, Working with Jim Goodridge, we, we, I think we completely stocked the, the Blessings Box shelves from all that you gave us. So thank you very, very much. And I know in talking to someone in the congregation, I, I think the end, there might be more money coming in for Super Bowl, coming in through the online giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. We had a very, very festive Tuesday night, Shrove Tuesday, Ash, I mean, uh, Mardi Gras, Pat Tuesday, whatever you want to call it, we had, a, I know we, we handed out over 80 to-go boxes, and we served at least another 50 people in-house. In so we had a, a great turnout for that, and everybody had a good time, and I think it was, it was a great, it was a great time for everybody. We had, we, it was a lot of smiles Tuesday night. Wednesday, we had a very nice Wednesday, Ash Wednesday service with the imposition of ashes, and again, very, very nice contemplative service. If you missed that, I would, I would commend that to you next year to get a chance to do that because that was the kickoff to our Lenten season, which started Wednesday. We have a number of things that are going to be going on during the Lenten season. I would, uh, again, commend the bulletin to you. If you look on here, you'll see a lot of things that are going to be going on during the Easter, excuse me, the Lenten season. Uh, things for the kids, things for us, Monday, Thursday services. There are lots of things going on, and again, I would... I would bring your attention to the bulletin. I can bring all those out, but they are in the bulletin. A couple of things for this week. I will re, uh, remind the United Methodist men we are meeting tomorrow at 7 at, at our regular monthly meeting. And the trustees have designated March 16th as a work day to get the church ready for Easter and, and our, and our uh, Easter egg hunt. It is March the 16th, and everyone is invited to come and help us clean up the church grounds. It's not just the trustees doing this. So we'll, we'll give you more information about that in the, in the next couple of weeks. But if you put on your calendar for March 16th, the trustees have designated that as a, as a church work day. Are there any other announcements to be made this morning? Well, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship.
Let's go to God in prayer. Lord and shepherd of our journeys in the desert, we come to you during this Lenten season as servants of Jesus Christ. We remember how you liberated Moses and the Israelites. We remember also how you liberated the prophet Elijah in his journey to escape from a corrupt king. Now in our Lenten journey, we implore your direction, your patience, your spiritual support. As you sent your angels to care for the Israelites, to the prophet Elijah in his journey, and to Jesus during his 40 days in the desert, send them also to us in our earthly journeys. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, number 294 in the hymnal.
This morning, we want to say a special word of welcome to the children worshiping with us. We're glad to have you here in worship in person and those who are worshiping at home with their families. We're uh, grateful that you've uh, gathered with us and come to be a part of our worship this day. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit um, as we get into our worship service about Jesus's uh, beginning in ministry, the thing that kind of launched him. We're going back a little bit to some, some scripture that we've talked about here in the last few months, and we're including a little bit that we kind of skipped over uh, as we went through our um, first chapter in the book of Mark. And so we get this chance to reflect back on what we talked about before and to think differently uh, about some of it because of those pieces that we're including this time around. And one of the things we're going to talk about when we come to our scripture reading and our sermon in just a minute is what it means to respond to the word. What Jesus means when he tells us that he wants us to respond in certain ways to his proclamation of the gospel of the good news. And what I've brought to talk about that today is this uh, little guy here, um, this bouncy ball. Uh, it's actually a fairly large bouncy ball uh, when it comes right down to it, but the reason I brought this is because I, I want us to think a little bit about this bouncy ball as our response to the word. Sometimes we hear the word, we hear the proclamation of Jesus, uh, and um, it's kind of like we let our response just be to do like that. And it just kind of tapers off and, you know, it, you just drop it and it doesn't, it doesn't come all the way back up to your hand, right? It doesn't, it's not, it's just tapering off, getting less and less uh, as it goes. And you can supplement that uh, and, with the bouncy ball, right? And give it a little throw, and then it comes back up, and I can catch it right back where it was, and we stay right where we're at. Uh, and so sometimes we are content with either one of those in our response to the word. Um, and so we, we, we're content just to let it be, oh yeah, okay, I've done a little bit about what I was supposed to do, and it's, it's done just a little bit there. Sometimes we're like, no, I don't, want it, I don't want it just to be that, and so we'll just do like this, and then we'll catch it right back where we were before. It's like, all right, good, I've, I've maintained. I've stayed stable, right, nice where I am, but I'm not going to do this. But what happens, what happens if I were to take this bouncy ball and throw it as hard as I could against the back wall? Where's it going to go after it? After the initial, the initial toss, where's it going to go? Hallway, anybody's guess. It may go who knows where. Why? Because all of the energy that's been put into this ball uh, is going to act on all of the surfaces and walls and the forces are going to make it, if it hits an angle just right, if my aim's not perfect, what? it's going to go who knows where. And that's the kind of response that God wants from us. Not necessarily wild and out of control, but it's not just straight up and down. It's not just to get back to where we were before. It's not just to let it drop and see what little bit of movement it might get. God wants us to take all of the energy of the proclamation that Jesus has for Jesus' gospel... All of the energy and grace and love and mercy that God puts into our life and faith, God wants us to take it and to give it some direction. To give it the direction of the mission and ministry that God has in mind for us. To, to point it in the direction that God is going. And what that means is that once we've let it go, 
and made our response, we have to let go of the outcome. God's going to take it where it's supposed to go. That's the difference between the bouncy ball and our response to the word. God's going to take that response where it's supposed to go. And God's going to do what's supposed to happen with it. But we have to be ready to respond in a direction. And not just to say, well, yep, that's about what we hoped for. Uh, Just the trailing off of the response. We want to give it the power as much as we can muster that God has granted us in this life. So I want y'all to be listening for how in the world I got to bouncy ball from when we get to Mark here in just a little bit um, as we talk about responding to the word. All right now, okay. Um, Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your investment in us, your investment of your love and grace and mercy for the the ways that you give these things to us without our having done anything to earn them. We also praise you for the expectation that we will respond, that we will give you some kind of response of our life and witness and ministry that we will respond by moving in your direction. We ask that you would give us the courage, the strength, the resolve to go where you're going. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. This morning as we continue in worship, a reminder that if you have prayer concerns you want to share with the church in worship, or through our prayer concerns list in the bulletin, that you're uh, invited to email those to me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org. You can also call or text me during the week so that we can pray together uh, either over the phone or set a time for a visit so that we can pray together in person. We also send out our prayer concerns on Thursday each week in our prayer email, and so we share prayer concerns that way as well so that we can be reminded to pray for one another, not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Jesus says, the time is ready. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. O come, let us return to our God, who will have mercy and abundantly pardon. Most holy God, we admit to you and each other that we are so dazzled by the false gods of this age that we find it hard to recognize who we are, where we came from, or where we're going. We easily become caught up in selfishness, seduced by cynicism, waylaid by glittering consumerism, and led by the nose along the highways and byways created by powerful vested interests. Please open our hearts that we may know ourselves more clearly and seek you more diligently. As we open our hearts to you this day, O Lord, we lay our concerns, our our loved ones and friends and family and community, the concerns of our hearts before you. We pray especially this day for Teresa Douglas and her family in the death of her grandmother. The funeral was this past Friday. We pray for Steve Webster and for Jody, for George and Helena Fox, for Paul McCravey, for Marlon McPhail, for Mike Simpson, 
for Kitty Fashing, for Yvette Herring, for Janice O'Kane, for Darlene Simpson, for Wade Thompson, for Judith Dolce, for Felicia Presley as she'll have back surgery in April, for Robert Rieger, for Alan, a friend of the Smokes, for Gator, a cousin of the Smokes, for Vivian Young, Mark Merritt's oldest sister, for Marie Robinson and Shelton's sister, for all the members of Grace and their families, for all on our prayer concerns list, and for a return to love, equality, and acceptance, for all those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts this day. Most loving God, arrest the false gods that have diverted us. Show us the deceits that have blurred our vision, unmask the poverty of our goals and longings, expose the cheap values that parade as virtues, save us from permitting a rift between Christ and us, and deliver us from cheap guilt and trivial remorse. Please bring us to an honest repentance for the forgiveness of sins and the renewal of our faith and love through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Fellow travelers on the road to Easter, always remember that there is much more forgiveness in God than we could ever exhaust. Receive from God through the grace of Christ the blessing of sins forgiven and a right relationship restored as we continue to pray by praying the prayer Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Those who are able, please stand for the reading of the scripture lesson. This morning's scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. You may be seated. So we have heard the beginning and ending of our passage today in two recent worship services. On Baptism of the Lord Sunday, and then the Sunday immediately following, we heard the accounts that are included at the beginning and ending of our passage today. We skipped over the middle two verses. We kind of touched on them briefly in passing, at least to acknowledge that they are there. But we didn't read them because their place in our liturgical life is here at the beginning of Lent. They describe the temptation of Jesus, at least according to Mark. And in Mark's gospel, they are quick and to the point like everything else. Uh, you, you hopefully heard them, uh, that the Holy Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness immediately after his baptism to be tempted. And he fasted for 40 days and was tempted by the devil. And then he left and started his ministry, and that was it. Uh, that's as much as we get. We don't get what the temptations were. We don't hear more about the angels attending to him uh, in terms of the depth of detail about all of that that Luke and Matthew provide. No dialogue with Satan, just the bare minimum to move the story forward, as is Mark's general tone and tenor. But this brevity and focus works to teach and reinforce some important lessons of the life of faith. The actual movement of the passage itself tells us about what the life of faith looks like and feels like. It tells us what to expect, even in its lack of details that we sometimes desire. It tells us that the highs of life and faith 
those points where everything feels like it is moving in the right direction, that those moments in life and faith open us up to temptation and obstacles. It almost never fails that when we begin to see signs of growth in grace, of affirmations of our identity in Christ and assurance of our faith and ministry and life together, that we are driven to places of discomfort and reflection. It almost never fails. And in these places of discomfort and reflection, we find ourselves more susceptible to temptation. But temptation gives us the opportunity to rely on God's grace for strength and resolve. As soon as the heavens have closed above Jesus, as soon as the dove has flown away with the Spirit's proclamation done and finished, with God's words still ringing in the ears of those who were privileged to hear it, Jesus is taken by the Holy Spirit, driven by the power of God into the wilderness to be tempted. The highs of life and faith open us up to the temptations and obstacles of life. And in the temptation... We learn to more fully rely on God. Lest we begin to believe that we can do it on our own because of the moments of assurance and affirmation when things are going well, just in case we want to be tempted in that way, we are pushed to the wilderness, to that discomfort. And then that temptation... When we learn to rely on God, that temptation in the wilderness, that discomfort in the wilderness leads us to the proclamation of the good news. Having been tempted and relied on God to see us through the wilderness, confirming our identity and assurance in God's household, we emerge back into the world ready to proclaim the good news of the gospel which is our primary reason for being as the church, to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. It is our primary mission as disciples of Jesus to go there for proclaiming the gospel, baptizing in Jesus' name. It is core to our mission to make Jesus known to others, to proclaim the message that the kingdom of God has come near.
the kingdom has come near. And we proclaim that message in faith and power because of the temptations, because of the discomfort, because of our experiences in the presence of God, because of all of it, we are able to better proclaim the message that the kingdom of God has come near. We get to proclaim it as true both in the good times and the bad, and we receive it as proclaimed into our story and life, that the kingdom of God has come near in us, for us, with us. That the kingdom has come near and we have experienced God's grace and God's mercy and God's love each and every day. That the kingdom of God has come near and we have felt it in the power of the cross and resurrection. That the kingdom of God has come near and it has transformed us in some way, shape, or form more into the likeness of Christ. So that we can continue to bear witness to his goodness and love in the world. The kingdom of God has come near And we get to receive it and proclaim it to the rest of the world. That kingdom has come near and we hear it and feel it more and more when we fall into this pattern of finding ourselves in God's presence, embracing the wilderness that that creates and relying on God in the midst of the temptations and obstacles that find their way to us in those moments. And our response then to the proclamation that the kingdom has come near, our response as disciples and as a church, our response to what God is doing in our life, our response to the grace that is poured out onto us, our first response each and every time then has to be repentance and belief. It's what Jesus proclaims in those first moments. Walking before he calls his disciples. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Our first response to the word is repentance and belief. This is what Jesus calls us to in the proclamation of the kingdom. Because the kingdom has come near, we repent and believe in the good news. And it's important that we repent and believe. Repent and believe. We like to focus on the believe part. We're comfortable with that part. I've heard a powerful message. I've had an insight from Scripture. I've had a revelation in prayer. I've had a moment in mission where I knew the things that God were revealing to me through service. I have come to a place of understanding my stewardship of these resources that God has placed in my hands. And and because of all those things, I will believe more fully. We're comfortable with that. (laughs) If I get a little more insight, if I get a little more 
of what I'm looking for from my faith life, if I begin to to feel more of what God is doing in my life, I will believe more deeply, we say to ourselves. And we live it out most of the time, too. I'll have more of an experience, but we are less comfortable with the repent part of all of that. Because <laughs> in each of those moments when we've heard that message, when we've received that new understanding from God's word in our personal devotion in scripture, when we've been in prayer and God has opened up some new epiphany to us, when we have had that moment in mission and ministry where we've seen a new insight in the face of Christ uh, with someone else that we're serving with and 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 these opportunities to to bear witness to the gospel and we have these new revelations each one of those comes with an opportunity to believe and repent and repent of the things that have held us back in the past of the things we have done that were sinful and broken and that kept us from being the disciples God has called us to be, the things that have kept us from being the church that we could be, the things that have kept us from following God more fully. We like to focus on the believe part, excusing all sorts of willful sin and omitted sin and succumbing to temptation because we believe in Jesus. And we think that we can skip over the repent part. But Jesus is more than clear that repentance is necessary and non-negotiable. It's not some work to be done in order to earn God's grace, but because of God's grace, we can trust that repentance and belief will come whenever we experience the proclamation of the gospel. We can trust that we are meant to repent each and every time because Jesus tells us so. To repent of those things that we continually participate in and go back to and allow to happen in our life and in our life together. But when we repent and believe, When we repent and believe, in those moments, not only are we responding to the, I'm going back, not only are we responding to the gospel in our believe motion of up and down, when we repent, we are letting go of the things that keep us tethered so that we can, I'm not going to do it, move forward. (laughs) So that the response can take us forward because we're no longer chained to the past. Because we're no longer chained to the things that keep us from following in the direction that God is calling us to go. Because we're no longer just stuck with the up and down. We're ready for the forward. And the best trajectory for any thing that is responding is not just, I mean, if I just roll this thing, that might get somewhere. And if it goes up and down, it's not going anywhere. 
But the best option is for it to have an angle on it. An up and forward. Towards God in belief and out into the world because we are untethered by the things that have held us back. Having repented, we get to move forward. Ooh, I threw that too hard. Um, when we repent and believe, we are ready to go where God is going. And repentance means turn. That's what it means. Turn. <laughs> turn from the things that hold you back. Turn from the things that have been sin for you. Turn from the things that have kept you tethered to, uh, in a way that prevents you from going where God is going. Turn from those things that are sin and that have, that have created brokenness and systems and cycles that have kept you from living out the mission that God has given you. Turn and go the other way because the other way is God. Repent and believe. When we, rep- we, when we have repented and we believe, we are believing in the good news, Jesus tell- tells us. We aren't just believing the good news. We are believing in it. It's a subtle difference for us in English. But it has the power of we are believing into the good news. We are believing into it in such a way that we allow it to inhabit us and for us to inhabit it. To let it dwell with us so that it transforms us into the one, into the likeness of the one whose story it tells. We're not just believing it like, whoop, yep, I've made an intellectual assent to this proposition that you've given me. We are believing into it. So that it stirs us up and transforms our life. Because we've repented and let go of those things that were holding us back. This is our response to the word of God. The response that we earnestly seek in Lent As Lent is the time in the life of the church where we enter the wilderness for 40 days to face our temptations and to learn to rely on God so that we can more beautifully and powerfully proclaim the kingdom of God and its nearness, its power, its ability to transform the world. Repent and believe in the good news. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand now and join with me as we affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. It's number 881 in the hymnal, and it'll be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us. Uh, you are invited to give by placing your offering in the offering plate in the narthex. If you didn't have a chance to do that on your way in, you're invited to do so as you depart from worship today. You can uh, mail your offering to us here at the church or you can drop it by during the office hours during the week if you prefer to give that way. If you do drop it off after hours or mail it to us, please do let us know with an email or a phone call so that we can retrieve it uh, from the mailbox as quickly as possible. Uh, we also have online giving available for check or debit or um, uh, credit card online payment, and um, you can find that at our website. We also have a giving app, and you can find instructions about that on the website or in our Wednesday email. Uh, if you're not on our email list, you can email me or email office at gracecolumbia.org to be added to the email list as well. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy God, we bring our tithes and offerings to your altar, understanding that on the journey in Lent, we can't avoid or detour around the wilderness. It is essential that we hear Jesus' call to repentance. Bless our gifts for your unfinished kingdom work. Remind us as we worship here that this redemption of our lives did not come without a price, without our own repentance, 
We can miss the enormity of the gift Jesus gave, knowing we cannot earn this redemption and forgiveness, this wiping clean of our ledger. We can only hope to reflect such grace and compassion in our encounters with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. join with me in singing hymn number 2112 in the faith we sing hymnal Jesus walked this lonesome valley mission at Grace is to know Jesus and to make him known to others. Beloved, God comes near and proclaims the good news all around us. Go now in the blessed company of the triune God to discover the inbreaking of the good news wherever you go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.